Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another Tales from the Classroom, from or of? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, it's been a while. Tales about school um, with the one and only uh, Mr. Regal, as his kids call him. Um, so we're here to explore some of that, as uh, most people are going back to school, whether they're in person or um, hybrid or fully online. I know down here in the Oklahoma City area, most of them are hybrid, but you obviously teach in kind of rural Oklahoma, more rural mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and right now they're full in person, right? Yeah. Uh, right now our our school is full in person. But there's been like a huge, there's like a big push for like online enrollment stuff mm-hmm. too, because they've got online enrollment things they can do. So there's a large number, like at the high school, they're full in person, but they've also got like 500 kids that are pretty much all online. Oh, wow. Um, now all online, like those 500 kids opted to go all online? Mm-hmm. And then they've got one extra, they, they can come for an extracurricular like one extracurricular so like band or sport if that's what they're doing okay which i don't if it's sport like i don't understand why they'd come for an extracurricular at all but that's my personal opinion but my building's pretty pretty close to full it's a middle my middle school typically has enrollment around like 800 kids we've got like 100 online that have gone to full online and we've got plans in place, depending on the number of COVID cases per new COVID cases per day or whatever, if like we'll go to like A-B scheduling, um, which sounds like what's going on down in the city. Because mm-hmm. we'll have, with the way our A-B scheduling works, Monday, Tuesday, A through L, students will go to school, and then Wednesday's a plan, and then Thursday, Friday, M through Z. Okay, so you guys would actually have your day in the middle of the week. Yeah. Because some places are doing Monday, Tuesday, or A, Wednesday, Thursday, or B, and then no class on Friday. So kids are getting a three-day weekend. Yeah. I like the – I don't know. I would like to be (laughs) – I would definitely prefer to be an A through L student if Mm -hmm. I was in that situation. But I would also prefer to kind of have a Friday plan. But I don't know. It's. It sounds like our district just had a board meeting – to basically they were because if we went full distance at a certain point which is possible we'd we would close off the building and facilities for extracurriculars so we wouldn't be able to do football oh so you'd be full shut down yeah it would basically be full shut down like back spring break last year which by the way was i was just looking it up it is i it, I, it is tales from the classroom oh and our last episode that we did was april 9th so it's been a minute yeah you weren't april? kidding i've done a lot of episodes yeah yeah uh, yeah i thought we had done we've one done, more we've done two mm-hmm. and they were pretty much back to back so it was we're april done. 1st and nicknames and nipple piercings and then <laughs> cake and stank yeah, good episodes. So good that was names. episodes number 84. And did I sk- wait a minute? Oh, they're out of order because of a mess up on the posting. But yeah, 84 and 86. Um, and we are, this will be episode number 124. So, oh, yeah, you're cranking them out. Well, I had a whole NBA Yeah, your, your NBA, NBA series, your NBA heist series. Oh, it was like, dude, it was so much recording. But, yeah. anywho, so personally, what's your take on. Do you okay? So, what are your predictions? Do you predict that you'll make it? You'll make it very far in the school year, and before something shifts or changes, do you think it'll hold tight? And then, secondarily, how would you prefer this to be handled? So, I think personally, we'll have one more week to kind of pressure cook this system and see what we can do about. I I mean, it's almost like. You know, it's almost like you're playing with fire. It's it's kind of it's borderline a controlled burn, mm-hmm. and if it gets out of control, we're probably gonna pull it back and right. go either a b or full distance. Um, my opinion personally, and that I've heard from I've heard from some people. I don't know about reports, but I've heard from some people that there's possibility of reinfection with COVID. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not as worried about that aspect personally because I've also talked with um, I've talked with a doctor who um, has kind of been in the middle of this stuff, mm-hmm. and he's he's described a lot of the the tests that are available to a lot of people. There, the accuracy of these tests and the amount of of false positives and like negative tests and like things like that, I would be willing to attribute reinfection to poor testing because there's a lot of these tests that are that that they're accurate. The the accuracy sits at like fifty percent. Oh wow! Yeah, and and that's what he was telling me. And that these tests, if you're taking a, a COVID test and it's only right like 50% of the time, like there's a good gamble. You could get a false positive, think you already had it and then Mm -hmm. go get it and go actually contract the virus and, and have that happen. So I would attribute reinfection in my mind to, to that aspect more. And and if re if reinfection is a possibility, it it would be a bigger problem Mm -hmm. if reinfection is a possibility. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't want to discount it because as far as like me personally, my, my personal stance on it, I'm 26 as far as categorically the number of deaths that come out of people under 30, like it's not, it's not Mm -hmm. something substantial. If you look at the way daycares are going, there's not mass infections. Of course, the daycare in Enid, they they shut that one down, our district's daycare, because one of the teachers had tested positive. But um, they closed that one down for now. But other than that, most of the daycares that have been going have kind of systems in place, and these kids aren't really, like, spreading it to each other horribly. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing about this is, like, how normally with any disease, especially one that's kind Mm -hmm. of, like, flu-like, cold-like, is, like, kids are big – kids are always the big spreaders. Like, schools Mm -hmm. are hotbeds for the flu every year. It's Mm -hmm. a big deal. That's probably where most of it gets spread. Um, Don't fact-check that because that's not a substantiated fact. I'm just spewing stuff. But on the note of talking about inaccuracy of testing, my -hmm. wife – um, who's had some friends go to get a COVID test. The line's mm-hmm. been too long. They leave. The next day, they get a call saying, hey, you tested positive. And they're like, I didn't even get the test. So if that tells yeah. you anything, not just look, this isn't looking about the effic- efficacy of the test, mm-hmm. looking at the effic- efficacy of the organization of people, like mm. how many tests Execution. we're doing. Yeah. yeah, you're having people getting... Um, you're getting mislabeled and so people are being told they're yeah. positive and they didn't even take a test, which means somebody who did take the test and tested positive mm-hmm. is getting told that they are negative. And so yeah. it's like there's there's problems around this that makes it really hard to identify, like you said, am I getting it twice or was it false positive? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the biggest issue. And like I said, right now I'm not attributing to if reinfection isn't as big of a possibility, mm-hmm. like there's always people with compromised immune systems who have possibility of like catching flu twice in a year, mm-hmm. I feel like. But there's it, – it's also at a certain point, you just kind of have to let it burn through. Like it, it's got to burn out at some point. Like it's here and it's going to happen and mm-hmm. it's more of – it's less of like a – Hey, let's stop this from happening, and mm-hmm. more of like what you're gonna. Your measures are just gonna delay yeah. the inevitable, and so it's mm-hmm. like you. The question that I've been coming across is like, okay, like when people start talking about when you stop spreading, it's like how mm-hmm. many deaths are acceptable? Because guess what, there are people who are gonna die, and we have to accept mm-hmm. a certain level of death, just like yeah. we do. We accept sixty thousand people a year dying from the mm-hmm. flu, so it's like there's. It's a hard truth to kind of swallow about this like hey it's kind of here and i don't think we're getting rid of it yeah we're just trying to mitigate it as best we can it's it's problematic looking at the numbers and i understand delaying the inevitable because if you delay the inevitable you create time for more possible treatment options oh yeah so delaying the inevitable is is good in that sense but as far as what the science is telling us right now, if you're if you're an at risk person, i.e., you have you are elderly or you are have secondary conditions, mm-hmm. hey, 
quarantine yourself. Like, stay out of the way. You do that. As far as everyone else, other people aren't dying. Let's let's get them out. Let's have it burn through a little bit because that's honestly that's part of California's problem with wildfires. Like they mismanage their forest system so bad. And they have so much underbrush that whenever they have wildfires, they, like, ruin everything. Well, you de- <laughs> when you develop that much land, and that land mm-hmm. is in kind of that arid condition, it's designed to mm-hmm. every 10, 15, 20 years have, you know, mm-hmm. it's designed, there's fires, they're going to ravage mm-hmm. this place, but it's a cycle. And so it's like when you then develop it all and you mm-hmm. don't properly manage that underbrush, yeah, yeah, guess what? Now you have now you have wildfires across L.A. So yeah. kind of shifting in relating it back to school stuff talking about Mm -hmm. delaying the inevitable i think it's a matter of we want to delay everything we can within reason Mm -hmm. not so much so that people become homeless and for instance right now i think schools and specifically teachers can become overburdened because Mm -hmm. now you have to double plan or triple plan you you Mm -hmm. have to plan for in person which is normal a hybrid or full online now there's some crossover there so it wouldn't be full full-fledged three separate planning but it's like Mm -hmm. you're now having to do at least double the work and because it's like hey get ready for everything so a the the thing that sounds like a nightmare to me is a b scheduling yeah i would rather be in person Mm -hmm. or i would rather be full distance i don't want a b scheduling because with a b scheduling i've got two kids or, or i've got one set of kids for two days and then the other sets online and then it's vice versa. Yeah. So I go four days a week because they give me a plan on Wednesday. So, or at least that's my understanding of it right now. I go, I go the first two days of trying to set up something, two days of in-person instruction and two days of online instruction of the same stuff. And then the next two days, two days of instruction in-person instruction in two days of online versus if we're all together in class, I can plan my days of instruction or if we're online, I can set up online instruction. But now you but have doing to do, both on all four days. And you have to do it simultaneously. So let me ask yeah. you this question about that. So would you just be teaching primarily, would it be like pre-planned lessons for the virtual kids or would they just be zooming into the classroom that day? Do you know? I... So our district one doesn't want us to stay with Zoom. We're using Google Meet now. Oh yeah, and Google Meet's getting better. It's still not quite as good as Zoom, but getting better um, every day. Um, It's personal preference. I've got tools where I can record lessons, Mm -hmm. which I will probably end up doing, and then I will. It's not as big of a deal for my geography classes but i started teaching a math class this year as well oh boy yeah which was a poor decision on my part um i enjoy math <laughs> but I, I like math but it's it's hard having the extra plan on top of stuff especially in the situation we're in now but i would i set up online lessons because it's with geography it's more hey i'm here to relay this information Mm -hmm. with math it's more i need you to understand how to process and use this information because it's you have to know these formulas and the processes and steps to go through so i will probably still do a recorded lesson and then set up a zoom time for my math class or google meet time to jump in and if they have trouble with it uh to talk them through it hopefully there but it's still not as good as in person because i can't point and be tactile with them and that's frustrating but (laughs) at at the same time i just recording lessons too is going to be a nightmare because i even in even with in-person lessons i can i can walk through i can go step by step with something i can point things out and i can have a lot of kids like oh yeah okay xyz and then i'll have one kid just stick their hand and go I don't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, which part? And they just look at me and they say very matter of factually, they're like, all of it. <laughs> I just, I just don't get math. Yeah. The, the like, whole thing doesn't, uh, the whole thing doesn't sit well with me. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, no, uh, I don't get all of that. I was like, what have you been doing the whole time I've been talking? Dude, I remember one time in seventh grade, I had, uh, we were in a science class. And 
Um, to be blunt, was the dumb with, kid didn't get it. Was that with Miss Mabry? No, no. It was. She, it was the. It was the Clelster. Yeah. Oh. And and he he knew I got it pretty well, and he was like, "Hey, can you go help him out?" And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, of course. And I go over there, and that's the kind of stuff. I was like, all right, so, like, let's talk about this. And he just looked at it and looked at me and was like, no, I don't get it. And, like, zero, not, I'm sure there was some understanding, but there was even less motivation to even try and understand and pretend to comprehend. And I was like, this is this is frustrating. I can tutor someone who wants to learn, yeah. but somebody who doesn't want to learn, it's their like. Heads, their head's just not there. Mm-hmm. And that's something you deal with all so, the time. So that sounds so. So hybrid actually sounds even more like a nightmare because I didn't even think about the fact that like, mm-hmm. for the kids it's like okay I'm I'm in person and I'm online. Yeah. But for you it's like you have two sets of kids in person and online mm-hmm. the same two over two days span and yeah. so you're having to then deal with that. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because like it, it really depends. Like, do they want for AB scheduling is great if you want two days of instruction. Right, because I can do my Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday plan on Thursday, Friday. Yep, and push out whatever. But it's not like it, it's not perfect. It's not a good. It, it would be easier to just go all or nothing, not yeah. try and be like, well, we can kind of make it work, which is something that I've kind of been questioning. Because another mm-hmm. thing I brought up beforehand, you obviously don't have kids, mm-hmm. um, just puppies, uh, similar yes. in a lot of ways, but yeah. still different. Um, I have a teacher friend who has kids, two young boys. One start, mm-hmm. just started pre-K and the other one's in like first or second grade. And she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And now her husband has had to shift to night shifts so he can be at home mm-hmm. during the day for the days that they don't have – that they are online only because mm-hmm. it's put her in a bind because she has to be at the school every day whether mm-hmm. there's her kids are there in person. And so now it's, it's created. And yeah. I realize that's probably not just one person. That's probably a bunch of teachers mm-hmm. who now have to figure out, okay, I need to figure out childcare, daycare situation. Mm-hmm. But the problem running into, guess what? A lot of daycares are closed and you know, the school is yeah. going to be super strict about who can be there. And so it's not like the kids mm-hmm. could just come hang out with mom and it, something like there, there's, yeah. There's, it, it honestly causes more problems. And if my if my understanding is correct, whenever we go full distance learning, the teachers will still have access to our classrooms. Mm. So we can still go in there and mm-hmm. do that stuff. So I, if I'm not mistaken, if there's like – Well, that's what like you full distance would yeah, be good. But you basically have your own quarantine bubble. Yeah. So like if you've got kids, like – You can just bring them. Bring, and that, like, and that, but that's the point though yeah. is that like doing this half and half crap half and half makes – complicates things way too mm-hmm. much and then so it's like well, look we yeah. need to just go full-blown online and the thing about it is too and there have been online schools i have a friend who's an online who, who teaches at an online school has been yeah. online for years yeah and so it's like there are ways that this can get done now those kids are like yeah. more or less slightly homeschooled so it's a little bit different than like a fully mm-hmm. structured thing but mm-hmm. nonetheless i don't know i it's it's tough and this is uh, this yeah. is where i feel we're gonna come to a lot to more disagreement on um just in like a societal sense because of there's going to be a lot more a lot of strain put on so many people with this with these all these different school plans we're seeing Mm -hmm. yeah it makes it hard it it makes it a nightmare for the working family Mm -hmm. and like a a b is really frustrating for people to plan around like if you have full distance I can adjust for that. I can plan for it. Mm-hmm. If I have my kids in school, great. I can adjust for it. I can plan for it. But with A, B, with the half and half stuff, and you can kind of adjust. And I was thinking about it too, like from a teaching perspective, the the conventional wisdom is, well, you could give your in-person lesson for the first two days and plan the online stuff and then like flip-flop it and give the kids who were in person the online stuff and really technically do two days four days of planning but like switch it mm-hmm. but like the only problem with that is as i'm thinking about it even like thinking about all the subjects geography and history and stuff it's a sequential thing mm-hmm. it has to be taught sequentially so i can't teach i can't give the online kids day three and four yep. and then give them day one and two when they come on nope. thursday friday 
versus I can give one and two and then three and four in order and, and one group mm-hmm. of kids is right and then I've got one group running around like chickens with their head cut off. Math builds on itself. So when you start when you start a section and you yeah. start talking about rational numbers and you're building towards like absolute value and stuff and figuring these things out, it all builds on itself. So you do really have to do all of those lessons mm-hmm. online and in person. Well, it sounds like a frustrating time to be Gives a teacher. Um, yeah, because it's already – I mean, if teaching wasn't already frustrating enough, I'm sitting here looking at I'm like, all right. Um, so how about all these administrators who aren't going to have anything to administrate because it's going to be online get cut and we can redistribute some of that salaried money to the teachers who now have to double plan. But mm-hmm. um, on that note, we're – um, just wanted to kind of talk about the teaching world from a teacher's perspective and and yeah. and, and what that kind of looks like because I know a lot of people surely have friends and stuff, but it's good to kind of hear it from uh, a teacher himself. So mm-hmm. we'll actually get into the reason why people tune into these episodes. <laughs> um, let's get to some funny stories. Uh, with school kicking back up, I figured, you know, it'd be a good time. And, and all the stress around it, it's like, all right, let's, let's hear some good yeah. stories. And I, yeah, I... I cannot remember. It was I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago, but the it was either the first or second day of school. Mm-hmm. There was a group of former students. I busted up a fight on the first or second day nice. of school. Nice. Okay. Starting strong. Yeah, start strong. You bust up a fight on day one of school. Well, you have to establish your dominance on the first day so you can get the Ab- proper prison hierarchy established. Absolutely. So I uh <laughs> Which reminds me of another. Uh, I put quotes around fight, but it was it wasn't a fight. I broke up, but uh, I did break up a fight. It was a girl fight, mm-hmm. so naturally, first thing, like I run through, and there are two girls, former students I had. They were best friends in my class. Ooh, they were a nightmare for me, <laughs> like a nightmare. One of <laughs> one of the girls who I'll, I'll segue. I'll segue it into another story, but. Both of those girls were fighting. So I broke up a girl fight on day one and had to walk them away. And I start, I walked them to the office separately. And I found out one of them was like very, very hood rat tendency. Uh Like it is wrong. I, I believe in that. A lot of kids have a lot of potential, but I also, and I think even if you're on the wrong path, you can flip it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I believe that you can influence a person to do that. But every time I talked to this this girl, I had tried to bring her along and help her the best I could hope for. And it's wrong. It's wrong of me. It's wrong deep down inside. But the best I hope for is like, hey, I hear stripping pays a lot of money. <laughs> and oh, no. And I'm just like, uh, it, just her tendencies, like a girl with like, with nudes floating around as like a seventh grader. Oh my god! Not a care in the world. No shame about it. Like that's just her thing. Already drinking in seventh grade, partying oh, and stuff. Like man. I'm, and being in class and just having no desire to be there mm-hmm. at all. And like you see it and you're just like, man, I hope, I hope that works out for you. I hope, I hope you're able to find a path, but (laughs) I break up this fight and I find out that hood rat girl. And I'm like, why, why you guys are, you guys are buds. Like Mm -hmm. why, why is this the thing? Why do I have to break up this fight? And it was, it was legit a problem of hood rat stole my man. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, you are 13, 14 years old. Why? Stole my man? Why? And, and like, the hood rat girl did, like, the, like, Mm -hmm. well, you couldn't make him happy, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this is ridiculous. But I, uh. There was there was also a sign to this girl like the the girl who's the best mm-hmm. I could hope for is like man you could you'll make a great stripper one day. <laughs> I did not know that there was like genetic coding for it. Mm-hmm. 
because she had some genetic coding for it. And so as a teacher, uh, it's important to know about uh, extrinsic motivators with kids this age. And as it turns out, 12, 13-year-olds will still do anything for like a Mm dum-dum, like a sucker. And so girl, I gave this girl... I gave this girl a sucker and she starts like taking off around my room. I'm like, hey, don't run in class. If you fall mm-hmm. and and you choke on that sucker, I <laughs> that's always what I tell them. It's it's sarcastic, but I'm like, hey, if you choke on that and you die in my classroom, I get in a lot of trouble. So if you're gonna do that, do it somewhere else. <laughs> but I was like, hey, don't do that. You could you you could fall, the sucker could get lodged in your throat, you could choke, choke, XYZ, mm-hmm. whatever. And she goes, she looks at me, deadpan. She goes, oh, it's no big deal. I don't have a gag reflex. Mm. And I was like, mm. I was like, you were, I was like, what? And she proceeds to demonstrate, grabs the dum-dum by the bottom tip of it. Yeah. With like the, you give the okay symbol, grabs uh-huh. it with the bottom tip of it and just throws her hand down the back of her oh throat. And gosh. she's like, Shh. and I'm just like. I'm like, uh, like, I'm really proud you have that skill set. Congratulations. (laughs) Just the skill set for you. This is, you were born for it. Go, you go get it, girl. Um, but the, the other fight I broke up, I was very, I was very upset because we have separate areas where we put like sixth graders in our building and mm-hmm. seventh and eighth graders in our building. And okay. I was watching the seventh and eighth graders. I was happy doing that. I get to see my students and former students every day watching that area. But I got reassigned to the sixth grade area for morning duty. And I was like, man, I don't want to hang out with sixth graders. I don't like sixth graders. They're weird. They, they're they like little creatures that don't make sense yet. And mm-hmm. but I I got reassigned there, and my first day like this is this is like a theme from my first day stuff. First day over there, like I walk out the door, and I see multi-color hair kid. He's like <laughs> that's how it starts. There's there's a couple of kids that need multi-color hair, and you know you know the type of kid you're dealing with from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear their they wear their they wear their personality on their heads. Yeah, they wear it. They wear it where people can see. Mm-hmm. Um, edgy, but like this kid, he had his he had his like Starbucks in one hand or whatever. Starbucks. He's sixth grade. Yeah, he had Starbucks or whatever. He he had his beverage in one hand, uh-huh. and there was a kid like that that said something to him. They were going back and forth, and I just like watched this interaction. And I'm moving by, and this kid looks at he looks at his friend. He goes, "Hold this!" Like passes <laughs> off his coffee, oh, and no. then like walks over to this other kid, like just straight up grabs him. And it was like perfectly executed, just like slam move. Oh, grabs wow. this kid, like, and he was the same size as this kid. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a giant kid versus like a little kid bullying situation. He grabs this dude and just slams him straight down to oh, his my back. Gosh. And I was like. What? I was like, seriously? I was like, you guys are gonna need to go to the office. He was like, Can I get my coffee back? And I looked at this, I looked at this thing. I'm like, no! I grabbed the coffee and I threw it away. He was like, man, that's dumb. And I was like, and the funniest thing was is like I, I had a hold of the back of their backpacks just in mm-hmm. case they decided to go at each other in the hallway. Like I had and I was guiding them through the hallway towards the principal's office by their backpack and like the kid that slammed, the kid that slammed the other kid, he's like, man, don't touch me. I'm like, don't touch me? Like physical contact's your problem? Like you didn't just slam this dude outside, like right in front of the door? Like that's your bit? <laughs> don't touch me? I got your backpack, dude. You just slammed this kid full blown. Did it wreck the other oh kid? Gosh. Like, was he was the other kid he like was, he was in fine, shock, like, he or was, was he just like whatever? It was kind of more of like a, an in shock thing because it's just like you don't expect it. And he didn't mm-hmm. like thank the Lord he didn't have like toddler neck on that because uh-huh. like he could have smoked his head on the ground, yeah, but just... he didn't, which was good. But I 
And like that was that was the only move that kid was going for because he dropped his backpack and like put gave gave his friend his coffee and he went and just slammed this kid and he went and threw his backpack back on like he was gonna go keep drinking his coffee back to my coffee dude like all in all in a day's work bud twelve years old I've already seen some stuff spent some time on the professional wrestling circuit I've got my coffee trying to get through the day and this. This little 12-year-old wants to come and talk some smack. Well, I'll show him my life experience. I'm still stuck on the fact that 12-year-olds are out here bringing cups of coffee to school. Dude, there's so many Frappuccinos in the morning (laughs) at middle school. Look, all I'm saying is I'm not going to let my 12-year-old guzzle down fraps every day. No, 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 no. We, uh, you are too young for that. To get hooked on the drug that is caffeine. Dude, the basic starts early, my friend. I will tell you oh. what. <laughs> did he the, have? Did he have the fake glasses, like the old school Buddy Holly glasses mm, that weren't no, actual? He was one of those multi haired kids where you look at him and it's oh, multi haired like, kid had the coffee. Yeah, multi color okay. hair kid had the coffee, and you could tell it was one of those multi color hair kids who is like not a. It wasn't a basic situation. It was a, like I watch WWE mm-hmm. every Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm I'm in Monday Night Raw. Like I understand. I the drink story coffee because my dad won't let me have a morning beer yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coffee's the hardest. My parents let me go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I the only time I get beers when we're on the lake fishing. Yeah, I didn't get Monster this morning, so it's coffee. Seriously. <laughs> Wow, body slam. Dude, it was a perfect body slam too. I was like I, I was like I, I was walking this kid back towards the office and then I like went and talked to a wrestling coach. I was like, "Hey, uh he's in trouble right now, but you need to find this kid cuz he needs an outlet and he could be good." This kid's got some moves. This kid's got talent. And some rage. He's got talent. If you need someone for a uh, freestyle or Greco, like, "Hey, he's got you covered." Oh my gosh, it was it was so good. And then I started. I started with my uh, started my nicknames already this year. Yeah, how's that coming along? Typically, it takes me a while. If you don't know about the nicknames, go back episodes eighty four and eighty six. We talk about it, and there might have been another one. I don't know. We've done two or three, but we've done three podcasts, but only two of them were tales of the class. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but basically, he gives his kids uh, unironic, unbecoming nicknames, and but the the beauty of it is is that. Everybody gets a crappy nickname, so nobody can be mad. Yeah, I, I've already, I've got four right now. Um, mm-hmm. one, the first one I gave out was like I'm trying to keep it easy on myself. Like I don't want to go too hard because I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. There's right a lot, now. but like the first kid, his his name, it sounded like the Star Wars planet most Eisley. Mm. So I was like, oh. I'll just start calling you Star Wars. And for some reason, I hadn't started calling anyone Star Wars yet. Wow. And, like, it may um, it may turn out <laughs> – it's kind of weird. Like, I picked that name for, like, a really nerdy kid. Or, like, I can tell. He's probably, he's probably like, super into Star Wars anyway. And so it's just like he's going to be fired up about love it. Love it. I've got another kid who – You should call him Star Trek then. Um. Yeah, who I call him – I call him Spoderman, uh, Piter guy, Piter dude. <laughs> like he's he said something or other. Some kid was like, "Miss Regal, there's gum on the bottom of your podium." I was like, "Well, if you just take Gander underneath all your tables, there's a lot of gum under there too." And this kid, out of the blue, I don't know if he saw it from a meme or a video or if like this is how his brain works. He's like, "Yeah, if you eat old gum, turn it into Spider Man." I'm like. What? I was like, what? I was, and then naturally, I kind of laid into him. I was like, oh, hey, you guys, if you eat the gum underneath that thing, you become the Spodermans. <laughs> you do that Spoderman, you're Piter guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I named a nice little uh, red-haired girl, cute, adorable little thing. She's Tito now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's Tito, and then um, I got a kid who is—he's got a really cool name. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox a poor kid, but his his name involves um, things that are hectic and uh, 
whatnot. And so I was like, oh, what's the opposite of hectic things? This is a cool name. I was like, oh, your name's Cuddle Time now. <laughs> and he got real fired up about it because he's a football player too. He's like, oh, I should put that on my jersey. Or like whenever I hit people, I should be like, it's Cuddle Time. <laughs> And I was like, you absolutely should. 100%. You should. <laughs> anytime you're about to go hit anybody, you should jump in front of them, go full stance, and be like, it's cuddle time. <laughs> so uh, he got he got pretty fired up about it. I, I've got plenty of former students that still come into my classroom, visit me mm-hmm. every day. It's what a what a treat. And it's always it's always ones that it's kind of like. I'm a hundred percent sure. Like you did not like me. Like you, you, you had a <laughs> you bad relationship. Were, I was, I was <clears throat> you, <laughs> you did not. You were not a fan of me, right? <laughs> Why are you here now? Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's funny how things grow and develop like that. And yeah. It's just like how how that can evolve. Like you can literally in the moment despise someone, but then. I don't know, go, go a year down the road or, or have some separation from it and realize, oh, you know, it was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Or I appreciated this about this person, but it was hard to appreciate in the moment. Yeah. And, I've, man, they're stopping by always. Did I tell you I had a girl who peed in her pants? I feel like we Yeah, yeah, and she didn't care, right? She just <laughs> sat there in her pee pants, didn't she? <laughs> she just she sat it. there peed her pants and she just I'm stealing my pee pants right now type yeah. situation. Like she was what? one of those she was one of those that needed to stop by and give me a hug every day and I was like ah. and she's still in the building and I'm just like, you know Hold what? Hold on, so she peed her pants and now she wants to come by every day and give you a hug? She comes by and gives sh- now, now so, you're like best friends. So I had her two years ago. Oh, okay. Last year was when she would come by and still give hugs uh-huh. and she was kind of with on her program response game because she was kind of like one of those kids. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like she, she wasn't, she's not like a hundred percent. Oh, okay. It. Gotcha. But she was on her program response game and like <laughs> she, she started using my responses for a lot of things. She's mm. like, she'll be like, how are you Mr. Regal? I'm like, oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? She's like, oh, doing all right. I'm like, I just say uh, the my response to everything when people are like, how's it going? How's it going? I'm like, well, you know, it's going. And and I'll say, oh, how's it going, Haley? Or so-and-so. She goes, oh, it's, it's going. And I'm like, I'm like, you're sweet. But now there's social distancing. So she walks by and she's like, hey. And I'm like, hey. Of course, that doesn't stop all of these kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still giving out elbow fives, some regular high fives. I've still got one kid who it's hilarious to me now, but like his, his, his shtick every day, he just roll up to me and he would just give me just an uncomfortably long hug. And it's like, it's not uncomfortable for me. Like I get it. Like it's like, it's their deal and he'll just grab on and he would just do that every day. Every day for like twelve seconds, <laughs> just oh, like so twelve long. seconds roll by. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, come on, bud. Like, I'm like making sure I have witnesses everywhere. I'm like, You're seeing this right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not consenting <laughs> to this hug beyond four like, seconds. And and like, the first thing he does first day of school is when he rolls by my classroom. Skiz just latches onto my side. I'm like, bud, this is not social distancing. He goes, I know. <laughs> it's like, I know. <laughs> he just rolls I, on by. I know. I'm like, and it, at least it's not as long. So his version of social distancing is not for 12 seconds. It's for three. Okay. So I appreciate that, but it's cut it down, cut it down by 75%. And that's the thing. We can't about, give up hugs. We will just cut back. Yeah, that's the thing about a lot of these kids too. Like, it, I feel like it's like none of these kids understand the seriousness of their situation. I feel like they fully grasp the seriousness of their situation mm-hmm. with this COVID nonsense because someone's told them that that it's not killing them. Right. Like they're not dying from it. They hate masks. Like the oh, vast man. majority of these kids hate masks they're looking for excuses to take them off all the time Mm -hmm. and their social distancing skills are 
subpar. <laughs> yeah. It's at kids. Best. We all know this. Yeah. Kids in schools are like germ factories. Oh, yeah. Subpar at best. Germ factories. <laughs> but like I I've still got kids running up. They'll like side hug me real quick and it's just like not you're not <laughs> social distancing. Quick, it doesn't transmit yeah. anything. You're <laughs> not you're not social I'm like, you're not social distancing, but thank you because I do appreciate it. Like I God <laughs> it's Oh, and that's another point, though, is that, like, you can only do so much with kids. Like, mm-hmm. especially when you get, like, you're dealing with somewhat older kids who mm-hmm. are just, they're, they're middle schoolers. But, like, you talk about, like, little, like, first, second graders and, like, having yeah. to go into a class and wear a mask all day. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. Which, by the way, pro tip, how I avoid keeping my mask always on my face. You always have a nice water bottle handy. And then that's and my then, coffee cup. Yep, water bottle, <laughs> coffee cup, and so you just pull it down and you start sipping. You take a little sip and you stop. And this hasn't happened, but you know, if someone comes over, it's like, "Hey," and you put your mask on, be like, "Oh, I will in a second. I'm just getting a drink." And yeah. you take another sip, and you're always just kind of taking sips, so you never have to keep it up. I did that Monday, and I had to pee between every class, <laughs> like between every hour. I was hurting i was like oh i had like i had almost a full pot of coffee i had so much water i was like oh i was dying (laughs) um that's the downside speaking of so speaking of measures of social distancing I've seen we've all seen those pictures of like the where they have the the plexiglass desks around the desk and like the kids are in like these little pods in the desk. Mm-hmm. What is there any sort of that? Like do they just take out some of the desks to make more space? Like have you do you have like a weird aquarium type setup for your desk now yeah. where it's like, hey, let's go look at the teacher. Don't poke I, the glass. They don't I like wish. it when they poke the glass. I wish. No, we're just we're like doing our best at separating kids and then mm. Every every teacher has seating charts, so you can mm-hmm. contact trace at least a little bit. Oh, okay. So you can do a little bit of contact tracing that way, but do you have it's to like not wipe a, down the desk between classes. You're supposed to like do the best you can, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's kind of like it's like mm-hmm. there's so many things on a teacher's plate anyway. Like yeah, that's my that's my last priority. I see it as a way to hire a bunch of young TAs. Yeah, whether they're actually technically TAs or not. Just have someone who just roams between classes and they go in and they wipe down the desks and stuff. And it's like to take a little bit of the load off, right? We can't afford TAs. So, <laughs> and, there, and, see, and then there's that like, problem that's, of hiring more. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because, like, you, you want more people and more staff, mm-hmm. but, like, it's always we don't have the money. And, like, the one, the one person who, like, I adore, my mentor, not going to dox them, but, like, you, it, it's mm-hmm. a mutual person we know. Like, he just got rehired back as an assistant principal again. Like, or intern. Mm-hmm. Intern okay. principal. Hmm. And they have an intern tag, and they pay them their teacher salary, and then they give them an intern, or, and they give them an administrator stipend instead oh. of giving them a full administrator salary. Gotcha. So they did not legit the only reason why they didn't give him his full administrator salary when they rehired him this year was budget stuff. Cause we can't afford to pay you that. Yeah. Money. It's business. all budget stuff. So we can't afford to like, if they're going to, and he is, he's done such an exceptional job. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's so good at what he does. And they're like, you're an intern again. And it's uh, like, it's, it kills tough, me. To, it kills me to see it, but it's like money's money, and they mm-hmm. cut they cut it wherever they can. So it's and I can tell you more about all the stuff that's going on with that later, but I'm not going to air out anyone's dirty laundry. But money's <laughs> money's tight, and you want more things, but you can't always have it. And that's why it's one of my favorite activities. Like I, I, I intentionally get super fired up when kids bring in lace all wipes i'm like yes good job they love seeing me get fired up about stuff Mm -hmm. and so like the best i do is like whenever i'm thinking about it like i'll pull out a lysol bag and i'll just throw it's fun to like pull out a lysol wipe and just throw it Mm -hmm. it's a fun activity for me so i just start throwing them on desks and they they'll wipe them down and then yeah and they'll throw them away so that's that's one of the things i do i do my best uh but there's a lot of things we can ask there's a lot of things going on with making sure everything's in place. Mm-hmm. So how long, we'll close it out with some more school. T- so how long have you guys officially been in school now? 
seven school days. We seven school days. Thursday, so, Friday, and then, last week, and then full week this week in person. Okay. Without much consequence yeah. to it, I'd say. Everything seemed like it was fine. Yeah, no, I was, that, that was going to be my follow-up, naturally. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you had any issues related to COVID nonsense? Uh, outside I feel of- like there have been some positive tests because they have a new absence code where it's like, it says COV instead of absent on right. excuse or like whatever. And they have that. And there's with contact tracing and everything, if one kid tests positive, you'll have a couple kids bounce out mm-hmm. because maybe they were around them in a certain class or whatever. So um, I've seen a couple of them, but it's like it's if you had to purely things. guess yeah. out of 800 kids my building talking like a handful maybe maybe three i don't know oh yeah it's nothing uh, yeah i i my building seems like it's doing all right and like you can make it and even like at the high school i think they've had like three cases but they've like they like I'm not going to call it, like, overkill, but they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to quarantine these rooms or whatever. Yeah. And, like, these people aren't going to do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, told you, like, horrible things are happening. Right. Like, not horrible. This nope. kid's, this kid's like, yeah, he got sick. He's not going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> kid's not going to die. And we've just got a part of this room that we're not using anymore. Cool. Great. Yeah. Moving simple on. enough. I don't like when people, when you're like, oh, kids, kids and young people aren't dying. And they're like, well, I know someone who's 23 and they died. And it's yeah. like, congratulations, one person. You have, I'm talking general populations at large. Yeah. That's not happening. I hate when, when I hate when you when you're talking general senses and people mm-hmm. bring up little single singular and anecdotal like anomalies, outliers, mm-hmm. and try and justify. Well, no, that's not true. It's like yeah. I'm not saying that no young people are dying. I'm saying by and large, yeah. young people don't die from this. Young people aren't dying. The death rates the <laughs> death rate itself has dropped significantly to like flu death rate borderline it's pretty close to that so we've just gotta like let's go play ball let's play the numbers and like and and, like it's frustrating because like you've gotten naysayers to a lot of these things about restarting everything they're like see i told you we should have been distanced blah 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 xyz Congratulations, you've taken the easiest stance you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like, you've taken that's a that's one of the points that someone made is like, yes, of course, health experts are always going to recommend closing things down. If your job is to make suggestions to mitigate risk, the easiest thing to do to mitigate risk is to say, stop everything. Yeah, stop that's it. how you mitigate risk. Unfortunately, you cannot live life risk free. Well, and I think a lot of things, something too that people forget that a lot of doctors do, they call it, they call it, um, CYA practice, um, stands for cover your butt. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. and I, I experienced that personally. So when I went to the ankle doctor and I passed out because I have an, uh, uh, it's something to do with my vagal nerve. It's an overactive vagal nerve. So some people experience it when they mm-hmm. see blood, they, their, their vagus nerve mm-hmm. acts up and they pass out. For me, it's kind of usually pain related, but there was no pain associated. I don't know. It happened. But, <laughs> but mind, o- mind over matter, but your vagus nerve hasn't caught up yet. <laughs> I, yeah, pretty much. I'm si- I'm chilling. I'm fine. But my, <laughs> my nerve's like, no, out. it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. No, and so the ankle doctor freaked out. And because because my arms, I guess, my muscles in my arms tensed up a little bit, he, he thought I had like a small hypertonic seizure, seizure. And so like he was – good medical practice says when if he thinks that – he had to call the ambulance, mm-hmm. even though I was across the street yeah. from the hospital, literally across the street. And I looked at him and said, can I walk? He said, he said, oh, I can't let you do that. Someone's going to have to come get you. My wife was working across the street. <laughs> so she came over in her car, but I was literally sitting there like, all right, I'm going to do this. But long story short, um, I ended up getting a CT scan and they didn't find anything. And then they recommended these cardiologists and talk about it because they thought it could be something because they saw some tiny weird thing on my EKG, go to the cardiologist and all these people said, you know, you're probably right. It's probably just an overactive vagus nerve. And like, you just, and that's just, you're just, you're just passing out. Mm-hmm. It's nothing harmful. Um, and it's just, it's just a thing you have to live with. But 
go see the cardiologist. And when I get to the cardiologist and I explain the whole story to him, I tell him I have a history of this. I've done this since I was young and it's something that I've lived with and I have after doing my own personal research and figuring out that like, there's nothing like neurologically, there's no, I have no heart problems or nothing like that. And he goes, yeah, that's fine. But, but just to be absolutely sure, we're going to do a 48 hour monitor on you. So I couldn't shower for two days because you have to keep these little nodes on Mm. you and you carry this little box around on your hip. And after that, and then he wanted to do an echocardiogram and after that 48 hour monitor and I went back and he's like, yeah, we didn't really find anything. So we can, you know, schedule the echocardiogram. And I looked at him and said, doc, I get like, we can, there could, there's some like 0.00001% chance that I have something lethal going on and that this could somehow cause a chain reaction that kills me. But can we be realistic about the odds of that happening? If it's like a 99% chance that it's an overactive vagus nerve, it's actually probably like a 99.99% chance. Can we just, can I not do this? Because I'm out here just shelling out money to just look at. And and that's what, and, and that's where they come from though. It's like, they, they look at what's happening and they look at the mm-hmm. symptoms and they're like, all right, I want to do all the tests possible because guess what? That's the perspective they're mm-hmm. coming from. But as a consumer, you're sitting there, that's fine. You want to do yeah. all those tests, but I got to pay these dang medical bills and it's not cheap. So, yeah. I, so I only want to do the test if there's a serious, like reasonable yeah. risk and there wasn't a serious reasonable risk. So I cut him off. I was like, I'm yeah. done with this. And I haven't gone back. And he's like, yeah, come back every six months and get it checked up. Of course, come no. back every six months to get my perfectly healthy heart checked out. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, no. And that's one of those things. Like, of course, Dr. Fauci's going to recommend more shutdown. Like he said, we could open schools safely for the record. Yeah. But uh, of course and now no one's, everyone's yeah. ignoring him. Yeah. Of course, Dr. Fauci is going to recommend the least mm-hmm. risk possible. Like, yeah. that's his thing. Oh, Dr. Fauci said this. Great. It, that's his job to mm-hmm. give you the option that has the the least, the lowest death toll. It's his job. Somewhere along the way, you have to make tough decisions where how much of this can we move with? What data is available right now mm-hmm. to move forward with? So... It's tough. It's tough. And mm-hmm. it's really tough with schools because there's that natural fear of these are hotbeds for diseases, but kids haven't been a hotbed for this. And it's so backwards from everything we're used to. We're like, okay, cool. And then there's asymptomatic spread, which is super hard to track. So mm-hmm. like nobody has a clear consensus on, do you spread it when you're asymptomatic? Well, a lot of people say, yeah, they spread it like crazy. And then other people say, well, nah, I don't really think so because guess what? These asymptomatic people don't even know they had it. Don't even know they spread it. How do you contact trace that? Can't. It, it just, as far as you know, it's a, Oh, I involved this person, but they're not sick at all. So. Yeah, and the next step is testing them with a test that may or may not be 50% accurate. Oh man, these tests, yeah. well, it, that's what I love about the flu shot is like there's a 30 to 40% chance that the flu shot you get each year isn't going to be effective. And I'm like, it's not the right my, of flu. my personal preference is like, well, I'm not going to get the shot because guess what? I, my chances are lower at getting the flu just because I'm whatever. I'm, I just don't get it. Now mm-hmm. there's certain cases made and you look, if you're around, like if I'm a teacher, I'm probably going to get it mainly I, for the sake of the kids. I can say I've gotten it once. Yeah. And I haven't had the flu in four years. All right. Because I'm in a, I, I walk, it, it's like why nurses don't get sick. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't gotten first te- first year teacher sick. I think I did that in college mm-hmm. whenever I first started going into the schools and stuff. Cause I did get sick once in college, but like, I, I just like, I, I just don't, because I'm around the germ bags all the time, you right. build up, you you develop immunity to the germ bags, and then you just think about it. This deal way. with being a human germ bag. Do you get shredded not going to the gym, or do you get shredded by going to the gym? <laughs> exactly. You get stronger by putting your body under stress because then your body responds. Yeah. Same works with your immune system. Yeah. So, one last take on this before we close it out. Um, so. <clears throat> What do you? What's your take on? So, so a lot of people when they talk about this, they bring up the fact that a lot of teachers are older, and some even fit into that, like demographic where it's mm-hmm. where most you know eighty ninety percent of the deaths are. So, what's the management there from your perspective? Okay, say that one more time. So, in light of <clears throat> this, may not be a fully coherent question necessarily, but no, I'm just thinking fine. about like we talked about it. Like you're young, a lot of teachers are young, mm-hmm. but then there's the older teachers. So talking about from the stance of people want to reopen, but then a retort a lot of times is, well, a lot of teachers are old, and so the mm-hmm. kids, well, the kids aren't at risk, and they're not necessarily spreading it like wildfire or getting mm-hmm. severely sick. Yeah, they can spread it to the to the um, teacher who is 
high risk, mm-hmm. maybe because they're 60 or 65 or they have comorb- mm-hmm. uh, some comorbidity. Yeah. So what's the... What's the what's the give and the take kind of that the mitigation from that standpoint with that? That's like how do you how do you do that? That's got to be that has to be a personal decision. I feel like yeah, like if you do have those comorbidities, honestly, there's I mean there are avenues set up. Maybe it's saying, well, you know what, I am sixty five mm-hmm. and I do have I am pre diabetic or something right. like that. I'm sixty five. I'm pre diabetic. Of course, I've got t- I've got one teacher in my building who is still there every day hates her mask and i'm surprised she's alive like i'm i look at her every day i'm like you're still doing this but um she's she's in it she's made her personal decision about it and if you are if it's something you're legitimately worried about make the decision don't i mean don't go back if your school can work with you and you can work from home and you can record those lessons and they can put like a para in that room to watch students while they watch your lesson. Great. If they like if they say, no, we need you to report here, X, Y and Z. Find a job with Epic or yeah. you can honestly file for unemployment. Like mm-hmm. if that's something you're at. And, and two, if you're teaching and you're at that age and you've been teaching for you your probably have some life. retirement because you're really close to retirement numbers as far as your public retirement mm-hmm. you should if you're smart you have retirement build up but i like like i said i if so basically your premise it's is a the pers- fact that it, it's like it, it comes down to more of an individual and less of a you can't make you can't make general huge as it should be huge policies based upon these few at-risk individuals and at some places there may be more but nonetheless it's because we have to think about this as an entirety meaning the school is so much bigger than mm-hmm. one or two teachers yeah. that it's like okay and that, that that's sense. typically my stance on any type of policy that I mean, anyone I makes agree. is, is it, it, you have to bring your individual. you have to make your individual decision and you have to mm-hmm. make policy decisions based on the needs of the masses not the the needs of the few mm-hmm. so if if that's the way you go fyi that yeah. ringing if you hear it i don't know if you can hear i can't hear it in my headset but if you hear that ringing that's because it's noon and so it's a saturday noon sirens oh, yeah. you're it's not something with your speakers or your ears or my recording just and just for the listener if you if you wanted to end on a higher note than disease talking i do yeah. have i do have mom I do have mom stories. Yeah, as teacher as well. Yeah, let's uh, let's because I was I was thinking about it because thinking about the COVID stuff, all of the teachers there hate those as well. Mm-hmm. So whenever they're able to pull their masks down and right. actually breathe, whenever they have that time, it's called an airgasm. They get <laughs> <laughs> they get airgasms when when the teachers are able to move their masks. So um, I've I I've love started that. using I'm the terminology. Yeah. I get airgasms um, whenever I'm able to finally breathe. So that you get moment an we all know that moment when you're you're hot in the mask. Yeah. You're breathing your own breath, and then you pull it down, and you're just like, "Oh, yeah, this is what the, real air feels yeah, like." Yeah, the the air doesn't make me think of another story that my mom had to deal with though, because she was doing a science project or science lesson. They were talking about organisms mm. and cells and stuff, and different organisms, and uh, and she was playing a little Jeopardy game with their kids, and you have these these sweet little kids, and and you're putting them on on the mm-hmm. clock, and sometimes they get real tense. Yeah. Like I I always picture like young Gus, whatever he got mm. fired up for stuff, and he's like, yeah, I'm just like yeah. muscles are flexed and ready to go, and they get excited and they'll stutter and and they'll spit out words. And she was playing this game with kids, and she's quizzing them and everything, and her administrator walks in the back of the rooms watching doing his thing like he's doing his job monitoring checking out teachers rooms and stuff and she goes and asks a question and uh and <laughs> the answer is the answer is organisms mm. and the the answer to this question is organisms she asks this question he's standing in the back he looks at it and he's watching and everything and this little girl knows the answer she gets so excited she goes yeah. <gasps> Orgasms! Oh. And she goes, orgasms! And, and he and she goes, Oh, organisms, yes, organisms. And he's and he's standing in the back and he just turns and goes and like laughs and laughs and walks away. And, but like my mom had a kid shout orgasms at the top of their lungs with the administrator in the back of the room. Virtually having an orgasm about <laughs> Orgasms. Yeah. About she just shaking. She, oh, oh, orgasms. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's incredible. 
Yeah. Such a dangerous word, organisms is. Yeah, it's tough, especially mm-hmm. when you're developing those speech patterns in fifth grade. So, mm-hmm. But airgasms, I like that. I'm air-gasms. taking that as well. I've yeah. had, man, I love me a good airgasm. Mm-hmm. But that that's the trick. Just have either, always have snacks and or drinks mm-hmm. on your person, and you can always just pull snacks, your mask down drinks. and take a sip, and if anyone gets on, you say, hey, I'm just getting a drink. Getting, getting a drink. drink. Getting a drink. I'll, I'll put it back up when I'm done getting the drink, but you can take a break, walk around. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you forego pleasure for a while, the orgasm's even sweeter. Mm-hmm. The longer your mask is on, you're like, <laughs> Well, like, for me, so down in the city, they have the indoor mask mandate. Oh, I have to yeah. wear it while working out. Thank goodness I finally got a good mask, <gasps> but I had a crappy one, and I'd be mid-squat and give a big inhale and it would shoot in my <laughs> nostrils, and I'd be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> fortunately, like I wasn't doing a lot of weight at the mm-hmm. time, wasn't maxing out or anything. But I was like, dude, if I if I get under any kind of serious load, and like, yeah. I get my air paths get partially blocked or impeded, like mm-hmm. this could be really dangerous. It sucks. So yeah, and when you're at the gym and you're mm-hmm. like, <sighs> and then you just pull it down to get a drink, it's like it's beautiful. It, that, those are the best air gases. Yeah. but. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, COVID now is a part of every episode, apparently. Sorry, can't avoid it. But mm. hope you enjoyed the show. And if you have any stories you would like to share about uh, classroom stuff. But thanks again for coming on. Always appreciate it. Looking forward to um, potentially some... Um, maybe COVID specific. Once you get mm-hmm. deep, once you get deeper into the school year, we we'll maybe do some. Depending on you know if you go fully yeah. virtual, I'm sure that'll create some fun stories. But yeah. um, leave us leave all your questions, comments. Uh, no concerns though. I don't take those. Um, send them to <laughs> theramblingviking at gmail dot com, and uh, would love to hear any and all thoughts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.